Welcome to the band, though. We trapping out right now. Word. Right now. Right now. Welcome to the bando. Trap, trap, trap. So, what did you do for New Year's? Chill with the fam. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Chill with the fam. Yeah, I told y'all. I told y'all prior to the New Year's. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah, I was going to chill. I chilled. But, hey, but the day after, I was in the studio. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm back on it. Don't get it twisted. I'm not chilling, but I'm chilling. You know what I'm saying? Being being still and doing nothing is two different things. Okay. Okay. I, I actually turned up. I got drunk as hell on New Year's. That's funny as shit, because I was going to ask you to tell me the story about what happened. Ah! Oh, 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 brisket we played hungry hungry hippo and had a great fucking time okay that's what happened that that's the short version. that's my story and i'm, and sticking, I'm sticking to it, to it. <laughs> <laughs> um alicia cut out on us today so it's just me and q later on marquise cross is going to join us he's one of the founders of gourmet brothers grill it's late you know what I'm saying? He brought through some nice, fine things. Oh, my God. He hooked us up with some good food. Great. So, one, y'all got to check out Gourmet Brothers. Two, Alicia, you fucked up. Super. Because <laughs> that shit was delicious. Thatpiff.com. Log in. Yeah. Um, I think Marquise is even probably going to stick around. To talk about cohabitating. That's our topic for today. Roommate situations, romantic situations. What is it like to live with people? <laughs> we the gonna, real deal. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to put it all on the table and talk about some personal shit. Um, we got another great episode. We got an amazing guest today. We got amazing food on the table. It's the Bando. Trap, trap, trap. this uh the food wise yeah this is uh cajun chicken mac award-winning brisket mac and then um you start this ain't even on my menu mm-hmm. oh, right. this like, ain't even on my menu man up. this is uh this is basically like it's like a buttery shrimp shrimp scampi you know all that mac and cheese it's all my mac and cheese specialty dish i got like 10 mac and cheese specialty dishes this shit looks good yeah this shit y'all indulge man i got this the school so y'all can eat like, family bro. style yeah get, get uh, some of hey, yeah jermaine yeah try some of all this because oh, i'm like yeah i'm definitely gonna say something let me hit that yeah on the chicken it got uh my house rub when it gets cooked on the grill and then since this this that fucking chicken is white bro Got the, um, yeah. It got a Cajun, it got my Cajun cream sauce drizzled on it, and then it got the in-house Cajun rub on top of it too. So okay. that got its own rub. 
the brisket got the uh, in-house rub on it, and then the shrimp got my seafood rub. So even between these three products, it's three different rubs. Team. I got three split. rubs and three sauces. And chicken is fire. This is what happens when you pull a lot of work. You know what I'm saying? Word. Shout out to Alicia. You know what I'm saying? She can't make it. Oh, for y'all. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when oh, you pull definitely. out. definitely. Yeah. Alicia and Marcus, y'all missing a good meal. That's what I was going to ask you. Keith's like, you kind of answered my question already. I was going to ask you, do you got a dark menu? Or are you going to have a secret menu for y'all? You know what I'm saying? Lifetime followers. Oh, as you accumulate. This big one. Consistently there, bro. Okay, the dark menu where niggas can't walk up and just normally order it. You got to mm-hmm. know. Gotcha. My number one question, I said that, that people that know and follow me ask. Mm-hmm. And my menu is big, bro. The menu got like, the menu got like, uh, I think it's 30-something things on there. Mm-hmm. And people still walk up and say, what you got today? Mm. All the time, every day I get asked that, what you got today? That means that I'm not even looking at the menu. What have you posted that I ain't seen yet? What does somebody know that I don't know? Like that's what's the, that's the dark question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's like, and it matters. Like, and it matters what the special is, and we can go off of that. Like, like I make a cool little homemade brisket chili sometimes, and I turn that into uh, like chili chili. Ch- chili cheese Fritos, Ooh. Uh, um, Ooh. Uh, hot link with chili cheese and onions on it. Um, what else was I doing with the chili? I did a. Uh, I did like a chili jambalaya, bro. It just, it just once I got something to play with, you expand from that. I mean, this is all mac and cheese, bro. And this is three, three completely different dishes. We ain't gonna get none of the same flavors. And they, none of them. All no. three of these, or I know two of these is on your menu, correct? Yeah, the first two is. Yeah. But people see, I mean, shrimp is on the secret menu without, without really been on the secret menu. Like I tell people, I always got shrimp in the building, so you can always add shrimp to whatever you want. Okay. So like I was just gonna do the Cajun chicken and shrimp, but I was like, you know, let's give them a third dish, just something different that I don't, you know, usually have that people could hear about it and know now. I mean, that is like all the time, bro. Damn, this is good. Yeah, like, yeah, and you do catering, right? Correct. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, definitely. Catering is really the base of it all, bro. I kind of COVID kind of forced my hand into the food cart, but the catering is where it's always been. You know, even when I was doing barbecue over at the. Uh, dispensary that banner i had out said gourmet brothers catering first and then in parentheses it said the barbecue stand so that mentality behind that was just like i'm gonna cater whatever i possibly can but here we just happen to be doing barbecue gotcha gotcha okay so what was your motivation to start as far as cooking well i mean I was always cooking. I mean, you've been in the house before, bro. I'm, I was super oh, yeah. entertainer. I'm, I've always been like, mm-hmm. I've always been that guy that's go host. You ain't really got to bring nothing. I just like taking care of my people. That that directly transfers over to catering because the word catering is you cater. You cater to someone. You give them exactly what they want. You create an experience. And I just, I'm just naturally good at it, bro. And I mean, true. Because like I, like I said, this has been like something that we've like, conversed about for kind of like years as i've known you like keys man as we come over to your functions and you cater for us we've been like keys man you gotta do something you know what i mean like you gotta get you a restaurant you gotta get you something yeah. so i wonder what was the you know what i'm saying the final straw on the haystack your mom came through and was like baby you cook better than me what what was the you know what i mean yeah. that finally man. was like you know what all right y'all gourmet grill as far as my family is concerned they gave me that a long time ago my mom's auntie's been saying man i did thanksgiving probably like 20 years ago 
And they was like, oh, okay, nephew, okay, son, you pretty you pretty much going to be cooking for us from here on out. So I've been doing Thanksgiving and Christmas for my family Consistently. for like years. Yeah, yeah we, bro, we, we already know. Yeah, I'll be over there and coming through. But I think the push was, um, I think the push was just how the game changed on me because what I was doing before, you know, I feel like I maxed it out and then, you know, you know, I, I started. Yeah, I started tapping into the other gifts. You know, I only I got a, We all got a couple gifts. We got to tap into them, and then when it's the right time, it's the right time. With my son being born, I wanted to switch phases and everything. Um, that's that's kind of how it came about. I'll say that's probably who should get the get the credit for it. I started my uh, food business, and my son. They're both born in the same month, mm. August two thousand seventeen. My mm. business and my son was born. So like, it just. During that whole pregnancy, I was kind of, I was kind of, yeah. During that pregnancy, I was thinking like, what's going to be compatible with with this? Because I got to have my own time available. Mm. So you got to be your own boss because what I wasn't going to do was not be there for my for my child. So I had to switch it and make it so I can be dictate my own schedule. Like when my son was born, bro, I was working a day shift at the uh, spot doing security and then as soon as I clocked out I was setting my barbecue up in the same parking lot that I was doing security at. So I was there all day long, bro. And then I, I remember you from over there. Stop playing, bro. I've been with you from the beginning. And the people glad that you switched your hustles too, my guy. We definitely glad. I know you put a lot of, a lot more smiles on people's faces, you know what I'm saying, with your new situation. But mm-hmm. with getting your situation started, what is some of the changes that you had to adjust with pre-COVID and now with the COVID? Damn. Different obstacles for different eras, eras bro, because um, I will say this. To open a food business in Vancouver, Washington is extremely difficult. I'll say it one more time. To open a food business in Vancouver, Washington is extremely difficult, bro. They got a lot of things in place that, and I talk about, this ain't just my opinion, I talk about it with a lot of um, you know, I was doing events and festivals, and we talked. The, the, the hardest thing here is to deal with the health department. I ain't trying to bash them or nothing, but it's just, it's not really set up for you to win food-wise in Vancouver like it is for Portland. So, like, pre-COVID, that was the obstacles, bro. It's, it's trying to make sure you make enough money off the food to clear your overhead on top of all these per- permits and everything you paying for. And this is such a small market, but... You know the food places are paying big city prices, so it makes it tough for a lot of people. I haven't seen a lot of food, like um, good food, come and go just in Vancouver, bro. In you the last lie. couple years, that's pre-COVID. That's when there really ain't no reason to have your business slow, but that's how it is over here, bro. So that's really the difference. Now, post-COVID, I'm in Portland. Mm-hmm. Food scene is booming. It's mm-hmm. open. It took me a week to do my paperwork in Portland, as opposed to Vancouver. It took like three months, bro. Phone calls every day. So it's like. Portland's just ready to go, and I'm ready to go, so that kind of matched out here. Low-key, we kind of mad that they took you, you know what I'm saying? The city the city needs more one-on-one situations yeah. like yours, bro. Yeah. We need more, like, like that grows with us as we grow, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's that. definitely what we missing, like, definitely. I mean, that's actually on hit. We got industrial... Like spots, you know, we got the McDonald's and the Taco Bells on every corner, but we don't got those one-on-one spots that you wanted. That's why Portland is known for their food yeah, better. You know true. what I mean? Because yeah. they they allow people to operate and you know make their magic basically, yeah. and that's what brings in the you know what I mean the community and the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the tough part about it, man, because you don't want to feel discouraged when you're chasing your dreams. And I, I remember sitting there thinking like they really don't want me to do this, but 
it's just, you know, it's just, I'm good at pushing through. But I know a lot of people get discouraged and they think the other route of, man, it's too hard or it's harder than I thought it was going to be. But, um, I'm not too far, I'm not too far of Vancouver. Like, the thing is, is the look, I picked, I strategically picked this location. Before I opened the food cart, I looked at probably 20 different spots. The spot I got is about 15 blocks from where I grew up, and it's four minutes from the I-5 bridge. So I'm not that far of Vancouver. I know people comfortable over here, you hate crossing that bridge, but man, the food cart is four minutes from, from the water. So it's yeah. really, it's really not deep at all. You only no, you know what? Away. And and I would say, as somebody who hates crossing that bridge, mm-hmm. I don't mind shooting over there to your cart real quick and coming back. I've done that every once in a while in the afternoon just to grab something real quick. So, yeah. <laughs> Ten-minute round trip. You there. Mm-hmm. Got your food. I get you out. I cut your fresh. It takes about five to seven minutes, depending on what you order. And we get, get you right back on that. Right down MLK. Hop on the little loop around, and you over the bridge. Okay, so who is your inspiring cooks? Would you say chefs? Who inspired me to yes. cook? That's a good question. Uh, locally, locally, I'd say uh, my homegirl Joel, Joel Sarton. She, uh, she, she's the next level. She, Shout she, out Joel. Yeah, that's the goal. That to me, that's the goal. As far as cooking in Portland right now, when you got a goat calling you a goat. You pretty good. Nah, she the goat, man. We go, we gonna rock with she you. She do things that, that uh, we can't do yet. And then uh, I say my guy, my guy Marcus Branch, bro. He's a colleague of mine, a friend of mine, and I feel like I feel like we kind of push each other. You know what I'm saying? And we communicate, and we we try to tap into what's hot, and we pay. We kind of we both Scorpio, so we kind of got that ear to the street kind of like. Uh, what, what I'm trying to say, like um. We both are aware of what people want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because a lot of times my menu is based off of what people ask for. Mm. Like, like the oxtail Sundays is booming. Mm-hmm. Never thought in my life I'd cook oxtails at the rate I do. Oh, that's what I meant. But yeah. I gotta come and yeah. test. Yeah. I gotta come and they, test your they oxtails. Sure, bro. And, they, and they probably mad at me. I apologize, y'all. I know today is oxtail Sunday. But, but he had to know, mess with no, the band. No, I'm support my guys. I'm gonna man. let you know right now. I'm from the East Coast. We got some listeners. That's from the East Coast, so that's the the West Indians, the Honduranians, them oxtail eating okay. motherfuckers. Yeah, they putting in a stew and everything. So, curry. <laughs> yeah. so oh, you yeah. say oxtails? You notice I came to life with some. Yeah, yeah. He was like, he "Oh was shit, you make some, all right." Said, well, there's so many, there's so many ways to cook oxtails. It's not, it's not just your standard Southern. Oh, we put it in the gravy. Like my first version of oxtails was um. I did them in a brisket gravy, like the very first time, and that hit right off the bat, bro, because, you know, people that's cooking oxtails, you usually aren't cooking brisket also, but since my menu is so wide range, that I always happen to have brisket gravy sitting around, because I didn't cook the brisket the day before, so, like, those things are compatible. Um, so that's when the oxtails took off, and they was like, you put it in what gravy? I mean, you got chunks of brisket meat in the oxtail gravy? Like, that changed the game, but then I'm like, how long could I go with those? I don't want people to get sick of them. So now I switch and I got a Jamaican jerk oxtail now too. And I'm probably selling those just as much as the ones in gravy. Okay. Damn. I got to come and get me smart. That's what I was going to ask you. Like you kind of answered some of my questions before I get a chance to ask you. I was going to ask you how, what do you do different to separate your food? Like, you know, cause like I can obviously see it, but you know, I would like for you to tell our, our listeners, like 
what is it to make this different than just traditional macaroni and cheese? See, and that's a good point. First of all, the mac and cheese, I got so many mac and cheese special dishes because the mac and cheese has won a couple awards for me now. So the mac and cheese we is already tell. established. I mean, it's just yeah, my, stomach, my stomach agrees <laughs> so, with yeah, the awards. So it's like, I mean, so then you, you look, look at these three dishes and they're all individually unique to their own. Like I said, the chicken is grilled and smoked. A lot of places that are small won't even take the time to put something just, I like my grill just for chicken, yeah. most days. And, I, and the grill flavor is better than anything I could do on a flat top or bake or any of that because you can't mimic that flavor. Yeah. You, can't, you can't make something taste like it was cooked on a grill without grilling it. That's true. So that's what, uh, that's what uh, distinguishes my chicken from other places. And then, like I said, that Cajun rub is my own. The Cajun cream sauce is my own, and people are always asking me to bottle that cream sauce. So that dish right there, that I, there's two or three things in it that make it that my make own. It, you can't it, copy that. I mean, you can't copy the taste. Uh, we can obviously taste it. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Uh, they just they just don't know, you know. And I wanted you know, I wanted you to give them a little more in depth for them so they understand that this ain't your average like macaroni and cheese. You're not gonna go get this macaroni and cheese from any other place. Uh, you can't mimic it because it got some homemade cheese fondue in it. I don't give nobody the recipe to that. So the same fondue that I serve on my Philly sandwiches, it goes in the mac and cheese. So that's just like a familiar flavor that travels with me. I don't even tell my, I don't even show it to my employees. Like I, I show up with the cheese sauce made, or I make it when they ain't there. You know what I'm saying? Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. I'll tell y'all how to prep the mac, but you add the cheese sauce that I already made. It's already the ingredients in it. And you got to keep them hidden jewels. You got to keep them hidden jewels. Got to. So just to clarify, right now we got the brisket mac, the Cajun chicken mac, and the shrimp mac. Buttery shrimp scampi mac. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, they all individual. Like the shrimp has its own seafood rub, so it ain't the same thing as the chicken or the brisket. It's funny because yeah, I, I can taste like every single one has a different finish, yeah, start, yeah. and everything. I yeah, didn't try the yeah. shrimp yet. So yeah, that's all I was gonna say. Yeah, you definitely I tried the other two. Wait, here goes another question for you. What is your favorite thing to cook? Damn, that's probably the number one question I've been asked, and I feel like it changes every week. I feel like it really changes every week, bro. And this week, it's uh, Damn. I cook off reactions from people, man. So, can I pick two? Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. That I like to cook, or the, okay, I'm gonna give you the one I like to cook, and I'm gonna give you the one that people like me. To okay, cook. okay, there we go. The one I like to cook these days is the, is my uh, lobster shrimp mac, bro. It's, okay. Especially if it's deep fried. I hit with the deep fried lobster, man. I got a little twist to fry in it, and people been going crazy over it. Like when I do it, it's my number one selling item for the whole month. So I like I like cooking it because I like seeing people's reaction when you hand it to them, and you got a big lobster tail that's already deshelled. Like yeah. I'm the only one that does it like this. I deshell the whole lobster tail, which means there's no shell all around it, and then the whole meat's deep fried, so you can literally pick it up and eat it like a chicken wing. Bro. Oh, oh, pick, just, I just leave the tail on the bottom so you can hold the tail. It's like a holder, bro. Yeah. And it's so flaky and buttery, and to see people's reaction when I, I always uh, show it to them. That, that, that this is yours, and they go. Oh, and I love that because that, man, that reaction is really what I. It's one what of the reasons I do it for. It's yeah. your passion. But um. This gumbo, man, it's gumbo season because it's cold. So these people have been on me about this gumbo. I personally don't like cooking too. it, but I sell out like in two hours every time I make I, it. It's I crazy. believe it. Do you put okra in your gumbo? I don't. I then don't. I can fuck with you. Yeah, I don't. Then put, I can fuck I don't with put you. The, I, don't I hate the, okra. I don't put the stock <laughs> in there, man. I 
hope it's not rocks in there. <laughs> I know down south y'all mad at me for that, but now we're not. That's the West Coast flavor. I fucks with some, I fucks with some okra. <laughs> tough, tough, tough. Bro, even fried, it still got that slippery yeah, down the throat. I just hate that texture. One of my favorite things, bro. That fried okra one of my favorite things, bro. Man, but look though, I cook it for you. I cook it. Hey, just because I don't eat it, don't mean I cook it. Let me know. Let me know when the fried okra's on the menu, bro. But you got, you got something that's worth. Sharing, you know what I'm saying? Like share, comment. I mean, because people, I think people saw the the natural organic growth of it all, bro. Like, people saw how many days I was getting rained on out in that parking lot serving that barbecue, right? Everybody in Vancouver really know. A lot of people in Portland really don't know, but man, it was a lot of nights where dumped on, dumped on. Just like, why are you still out here in the cold and the rain, bro? Y'all hungry, right? Like, I'm doing my part, bro. I, I, I signed up for this. That's the thing, man. I signed up for this. So like. It ain't no complaining and it ain't no excuses. It's like nobody is forcing me to do this. So how dare I not show up and feed the people like I signed up to do, man? And that's you know that's part of it. I mean, people watch me, man. I first set up at, at uh, the spot, the first spot. That first setup was mm -hmm. a tent, right a table. Yeah, it was a tent, a table, and a and a Weber. And then the city made me go buy this expensive ass hot water thing so I had to have hand washing in the parking lot. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He said all that all that Vancouver but, uh, uh, life. Well bro, that might have been some of the best food I was pumping out in that no, little bro, baby it was. Ever because the passion was so the passion was bigger than the equipment back then. Bro, I was like no jokes. Shout out to the homie Nick, bro. Me and this dude Nick is working on a job. You know what I'm saying? Working on a job. He asked me, he said, Hey bro. He said, where's your favorite place to go, you know, get food? I was like, hey, man, my man, you know, Keith's opened his barbecue car. He said, bro, right over there by, like, I shit you right not. On. He knew who he was, bro. Like, he knew who he was. He followed you on Facebook. And, and that was like, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's got to be a good feeling for you because it was a good feeling for me that, you know what I'm saying, that I didn't have to explain to him who the homie was. Yeah. He already mm -hmm. knew. Yeah, Vancouver rock with me, bro. Yeah. That, was, that was a, you know, that was a win-win. It, it was a good agreement. Yeah, we waiting on you to get back we, over to the bridge, you know what I'm saying? We, we, Vancouver, y'all still got me, bro. Y'all still got me. I, I, I do my delivery day still. It's probably coming up again real quick. The little Vancouver uh, special. Basically, it should be called the Vancouver special. That little family barbecue pack I do. A lot of people go visit High Five still to this day to see if you want to pop up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I believe High Five got a lot of business due to the fact that they like, hey, I wonder if the homie at the barbecue cart is, you know what I'm saying? Well, while we're here, let's just stop and get some weed. That was a scratch my back, scratch your situation. It was definitely. I definitely yeah. bought some new faces to the table, but they they had such a nice uh, built-in customer base too that it just worked. And I'm looking at like, you know what that came about? It was like, like I said, I took the little security job there. And on lunchtime, we had 30 minutes and there wasn't nothing close enough where you can go eat in 30 minutes and get back to work in time. And we was mm. all getting nabbed for clock and lace, clock and lace, just we were trying to get something to eat. Mm. And uh, I got the quick, so I'll make this quick, but I, I got um, I applied a high five because you know my background and the knowledge with the cannabis, right? Right. So in my mind, once it legalized and, and everything got busted wide open, I'm like, well, I definitely know enough to be a manager and, and damn near run one of these places, right? And nobody knew that but us. So when I applied, I applied as a manager, not realizing that there's some paperwork and stuff tied into that, and I could feel they didn't take me serious at first. So we go on a trip up to a Heavenly Buds, shout out to Heavenly Buds up there in Longview, right? Mm -hmm. They give you a tour. We're taking a tour, and I'm asking like real specific cannabis growing questions, right? Mm -hmm. and, and everyone's looking at me like, how does he even know? Like, what is he talking about? Kind of thing. But they knew what I was talking about. 
And after that, uh, the owner was like, uh, we need to talk when we get back. Because she, she probably flashed back to when I gave her my resume. I was like, yeah, well, I want to I want to be a manager. I understand yeah. what I'm doing. She, so she, we had a meeting when she came back, and she goes, I never knew you knew that had that much cannabis knowledge. She goes, let's, let's talk about getting you into a different position. And I sat back, and I had already had the food thing in my mind, right? Mm -hmm. I sat back, and I go, um, how about this? And my mind clicked to work for yourself. Right now, this is your chance to work for yourself. I go, actually, I was hoping to rent a piece of the parking lot. I think I'm going to go in and start some food. I'm going to keep working for you guys. When I clock out, I'm, I'm going to the parking lot, and I'm going to sell food. And they said, that's, that's a really good idea. Let, let's think about it. And they say, yeah, and I started rocking just like that. But it's like that moment right there. You see your one time, dream your stopped. Moment. Yeah, one dream stopped, but the other one started like that at the exact moment that that one did. You know what I mean? I mean, my life was yeah. cannabis. I was, you know, cannabis grower for 10, 12 years. I was engulfed in it and got good at it. But uh, the food was my other gift, and they go hand in hand. Where do you, where do you plan on taking us? Do you plan on going, like, you know, franchise? Or do you want to stay that one-on-one? -on -one? Because I, I kind of watched a, 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 a other situation with Daddy D's. Do you, had it like, he kind of went, you know, I've seen him kind of franchise. He's got another yeah. uh, restaurant. That's so, great. Yeah. In the Mother Center, too. That's big time. Yeah, that's yeah, super. That you know what I'm saying? Congratulations yeah. to him, too. You know what I'm saying? On, on that situation. So, yeah, I was wondering, where do you, where do you want to take this? Is that something you see yourself trying to go? Or do you want to just stay where you at? So... Definitely not gonna stay around that. That's dangerous. That's real dangerous. Let me just say that first. Anytime you get comfortable where you at or doing what you're doing, you start to plateau. And when you plateau, and that means you just created your own ceiling for yourself. This is just the beginning, bro. Like, like this is just the beginning. Like the catering still hits. Like once people start having having events and gatherings and everything, the catering's gonna be back all the way activated. Uh, this cart, the Gourmet Bros Grill cart, which is a hybrid cart now because we're doing way more than Philly cheesesteaks. But um. I mean, I still want the barbecue cart back. I still want uh, barbecue to pop. I mean, that's what I'm known we for. That's too. what people come for. We you know? do too. I mean, people don't know because it happened. It happened to end it so fast. But when I opened this food cart, there was a second food cart involved that was the barbecue cart. But I had a partner with that, and it just didn't work out right off the jump. So we just kind of disbanded on, within the first month, unfortunately. But so that so that's the thing about about um, franchising out and things like that nature. You're immediately gonna unless it's a real simple basic menu. You're immediately gonna lose that touch that people are 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 are, are earning for. Like people come to me for a specific thing, and I've had employees since the day I opened, and like it always comes down to the keys cooking. And I'm just like, no, they're trained, they're good, they can do it. But it's like from the customer's eye and the public eye, they want to see they want to see me in there, bro. Of course. People walk by the cart and peek over my employees and see if I'm back there. And if I'm not back there, they might keep going. And you can't, I can't mimic that somewhere else. I can't be in two places at the same time. So that's what makes it tough as far as expansion. It makes me nervous because... Because not you only know, your food you're selling, you're selling yourself. Exactly. People come to see me, bro. Believe exactly. it or not. I'm, I'm, not I'm, I'm not saying that to be cocky. Definitely not. No, you're right. You're not right. Yeah. Similar thing when we talk to Dwayne, the owner of the Barrel Room. That's the same thing he said. You know, people come to see him. People come to see like the atmosphere like, that he said. Yeah. Right. So, so I mean, I, I think a lot of times that comes with the food. With the food, you put out a vibe. 
Yes. And people mm-hmm. come for that vibe. Mm-hmm. So that that makes sense. That's not something arrogant to yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't feel You know, like one it. of the house rules is walking walking that back door in a good attitude. So we cooking food in here. You gotta you gotta have your energy right, you gotta have your mindset right. I'll let you take the day off of you in a bad mood. For real. Like I'd rather not being here over I mean this food we put people feel that, bro. I'm never in a bad mood when I'm in the car. Never. I'll check myself, change myself, punk myself, do whatever I gotta do to get over. Whatever might have me in a bad mood. Cause as soon as I step in there and start cooking people's food, it's that it's it's that transfer of energy. You know, and, and another thing I found out, everybody, every, not everybody, but people like to see the owner in there working, bro. And and another rule, it's my own personal rule. I'm never gonna hire somebody that works harder than me. This never gonna happen. You're, you're not gonna clock more hours than me. It's, it's physically impossible. I usually work twice as many hours as anybody I hire, bro. And it has to be that way. So it's also something to say about the truth. people see the owner in their working, bro. It's like, oh, he's he's one of us. He's not. He doesn't think he's better than us. He's not so man. that's the dangers of when you start expanding out, man. You gotta really put a good team together, which has been um, my only hurdle in this thing, man. Is is I don't have a team like I would like. I would love to have. A team of three cooking ass people to be like, you know, let's do this. Let's let's build this together. Let's push this over the top. That's what it's gonna take. I can't yeah. do it by myself, and I know that physically you can. I've tried it before, and it's and it's and it ends up being minimal to no sleep, a lot less time with my son. There's and nothing. I'm grumpy, there's nothing I've seen that has been accomplished that has been great that has not been done with multiple people. There's not like yeah, one there's not one person. Yeah, like. Even a becoming a president, he needed a team to become that person. We're not, yeah. yeah there's no come, nothing there. Yeah, when it comes to the cooking thing, it's like if people already have that passion in them, they can. The, the the door to do what I'm doing already is so close that like, I would recommend them doing that. I tell people, I've told people that would probably be a great employee for me. Damn, bro, you should probably go after yourself. You know what I'm saying? I think you got it. You, you can do it. You know what I'm saying? But I know that he would have been a good employee for me. But why not push somebody else to chase some dreams? I didn't put a few people that I ain't going to speak on. That's personal business. But I didn't put a few people in food carts in, in the town already. I've only been open in Portland for seven months. And I've already put three people in food carts. Because if you got a dream and a passion and some hustle to you, I want to see you win. I'm not going to say, oh, I need to get him to work for me so I can you know, have the roadblock people. Yeah, it's not in me. So... That also makes it hard to kind of build a team because people that I see, um, potentially, in, yeah, potentially, you, I'm putting, I'm trying to put them in a position to be their own boss. But something that you've got, something that is like what you're doing, people are noticing. People are gonna like you're gonna gradually get the people that you need. They're gonna fall into place like dominoes. As long as you, you know, what I'm saying, like I heard this saying from Nipsey Hussle, you know, what I'm saying. Opportunity and preparation meet nice, you know what I'm saying? Anything yeah. that you want, you know what I'm saying, you prepare for the opportunity will present itself, you know what I mean? And I, as as I'm pretty sure you know in getting your car, because I watched you go from being that dude that we stopped through and cop plates off of to officially being that person that people come through and shop with, you know what yep. I mean? So I watched you, you know what I mean, be a living testimony to that. And the car was a, a short-term idea. I don't even... I, I wouldn't even call it a go. The car was a short-term idea because people always wanted to put me in a car. And my answer was always, Man, "That's too big. I mean, I'm too big for that, bro. I don't want to. I don't want to cook in a box. I'm 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 six three, three hundred pounds, bro. I don't want to cook in no tiny ass little box, bro. I don't. That's not me. I'm, I'm gonna be upset in there, right? That's just visually what I'm yeah. picturing. I'm like that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I'd like and I like to be out touching people like 
the one thing that COVID really killed off was the physical interaction that I get from doing this. That's that is the joy of it, bro. Going from from uh, a wine event to somebody's wedding to doing a Juneteenth event. Like, bro, there were so many wide range of things that I would do food wise uh, that COVID killed too. off. What do you think is the best thing on your menu? Best thing on my menu, it was a. Uh, ooh. This menu? Damn, dude, there's so many things, bro. But the best thing on your menu, not. Wait, wait. Like the food cart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not what the people buy what do you think is the best thing like the one that you be like man maybe they sleeping on it or maybe they know about it and you like yeah they already know what's up but what is the best thing on that menu it's the brisket mac bro the on the menu yeah it's the brisket mac that's the that's mac. that's been my number one seller for years bro because it's uh because i cater that too so you can i can cater a whole pan of it for you but um that was one thing I fought for to have on my menu at where I'm at now because they had a barbecue place. They were like, we can't let you do brisket because the barbecue place is doing brisket. And I was like, I got it. Let me show you these awards real quick. And it's like, oh, it's a popular dish? Yeah, it's a popular dish. And then I talked to them and they let me do it. But yeah, that's that's the one, man. Because when I go to, I mean, I've been doing, I've been doing barbecue competitions. I've been doing, a, I did the Portland Mac and Cheese Festival. I got second in that behind Montage. This dish got second at, um, the last barbecue competition I did, where I had over three thousand votes, um, so I stand on that, bro. Because the brisket get it, get the attention it needs, and then the mac and cheese kind of speaks for itself. So that's that's over time. It's been it's, it's been this one's been good to me. Man. It ain't going nowhere either. I want to thank you for coming out. You know what I'm saying? Giving us your time, your busy time. Actually closing your part on a Sunday. You know Definitely and feeding us. Shit. For real, it's your <laughs> life. It's I take that. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you that the brisket is not the best one, but I'm going to say that the chicken one was definitely equal. Okay. You know what I'm okay. saying? And I'm messing with the shrimp one, too. So I'll let you know by tomorrow when I get done going in on which one that I just was like still. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But right now, I, I hey, bro, you, you got some gems in here. You got some I give gems. you my breakdown. I agree with you on the brisket, but I think it's because... The shrimp and the chicken both got like a creaminess to them. And I don't know if it's because of like the, the, the beef grease or whatever, but the brisket mac is just a little bit thinner. So it's still just as cheesy, but it's not like creamy. And I, I like that texture better. So I'll fuck with that brisket, man. You're real foodie in here, man. Yeah, nah, you know what? I know all the good food spots. Yeah, they just put that in the food network, right? Definitely. Definitely. So we're going to, you know what I'm saying, let you, you know what I'm saying, continue mission or continue, you know what I'm saying, rocking with us on a bando. You know what I'm saying? Trap, trap. Yeah, I got a little time. I'm going to stick around. I just want to say appreciate y'all for having me. And one thing before I go, just because we brought it up in the interview, Vancouver, man, I'm standing here for the first time. On the Bando podcast, I will be in Vancouver before the year's over. So, some, sometime in 2021, y'all will see Gourmet Brothers out here to feed y'all. I will be back, I promise. Everybody has been in situations where you cohabitated with people, whether it was romantically or whether it was like a roommate situation. We've all had to live with other people. I know you don't know somebody until you live with them. <laughs>
I was like, the realest shit that you could ever find out. Like, you really, like, you really know somebody when you live with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, that can fuck up, like, relationships and some more shit. Like, that's the test of everything is how we, like, vibe when we live together. You see what I'm saying? Because this is, like, your vulnerable moment. You normally go into public, like, when you a hundred. You know what I'm saying? But whenever somebody in a place with you, in the in your spots where you feeling 19, you know what I'm saying? That's 20. True. You know, you more irritable and all types of shit. So how y'all cope with each other is like everything. Well, and that's what that's what anybody because okay, let me give you an example. I knew these two girls. They was best friends. Best friends ever, okay? One had a small kid. He was like 2, 3 years old. The other one was starting to go to college, right? They had just graduated high school. They both 20 years old. They get in their first place together for the first time, right? Now, I told them it's probably not going to work out. They didn't believe me because obviously they've been friends. They had sleepovers. We've known each other all our whole lives. And I'm like trying to tell them, you know, that's probably the worst people to live with. Because you really don't, like you said, know somebody until you live with them. The girls, best of friends, live together. Let's just say they didn't make it through the year lease. Damn. Okay? They, <laughs> Damn, they had a falling lease. out before it was over, and it was over everything. One, one wasn't cleaning up enough. The other one wasn't cooking enough. The other one wanted to entertain people. The other one, because she had her son, didn't want to have people over. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. all those different things that come into play when you got to move in with people and you got to live with, you know what I'm saying? Strangers, yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially. Yeah, when you got to live with somebody versus when you got to just hang out with them. That's like you. You lived in a house with a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. What was that like? We had the bachelor pad. <laughs> exactly. But you telling me the bachelor pad was all gravy all the time? It wasn't. Never no drama in the bachelor pad. <laughs> I can answer that. Definitely some drama in the bachelor. Pad. <laughs> yeah, it don't have to be. Yeah. Exactly. Or it's not normal, man. Wait, because it was interesting about the drama that we had, Keith. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like it really wasn't niggas that lived in the pad. But a lot of times that's <laughs> what it is in any relationship, even yeah. in a romantic relationship. It's the people outside that fuck the shit up. That's yeah. what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah, yeah true. Because usually y'all got into the situation because y'all. Was cool with each other, and it's yeah. all the other shit that comes into it. Yeah, that fucks it up. But your cousin that's coming over eating all the food, smoking all the weed. Yeah. Where, where, where's he fitting this equation? Like, yo, who the fuck? He gonna smoke everything and hit it extra hard. He didn't put up on it. Like, yeah. no, I paid for that too. Somebody gonna feel a certain kind of way. Yeah, you're right. It was, a, it was a whole lot of that. Did that nigga just go to sleep with the controller in his hand? I've, I've never lived with other dudes. I've mostly lived by myself. And the one time I had roommates, they was female. And that shit was a shit show, dude. <laughs> like, I, I, like, okay, I mean, the one girl a... had a daughter, and her and her daughter was, like, fucking the same dude. And her, <laughs> like, her daughter Whoa. used to call people over and fuck them in the backyard and shit. In the backyard? <laughs> like, like, what Like, the... I'd be in my room hearing people fucking in the back. I'm like, damn, this shit is crazy. That's wild. <laughs> like, 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 okay? For me, it was, like, the most horrible experience. <laughs> Yeah. Of my life having having roommates. That's why I I never before that or again had roommates that I, that I, I I'm good with that. <laughs> I just stay a hermit and live by myself. 
other than that, I've only ever lived like with women who I was with God. in a relationship, and then that that all that has its whole other set of complications. I mean, like you said, you don't really know somebody until you live with them. Like that's when the crazy gets to like. You can't take a break, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So you like you can't pose all day, shorty. Like eventually you gotta show who you is. And then that's when the test. If you like it, hey, that's great. But if you don't, your ass gonna be in hell because you're gonna be like, oh shit. Well that's like what's the first time you ever moved in with somebody who wasn't your parents? Who's that who was that? You don't have to say the name what kind of situation was it? Um it was a girl and it was probably my, I probably was like the bad roommate in that situation because it was my sister. So after I moved out with my mom, them, oh, then I moved the in. Yeah, then that's I moved in. I moved in, my, I moved in with my older sister, and she was like all you know. What I'm saying serious about her life and and everything. And me, I'm trying to have yeah, yeah, fun. Yeah, you know was very not serious. Yeah, about we, yeah we, we was definitely we was definitely conflicting. She wasn't. But, like, for me, it was all good because she was a perfect roommate. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everything was clean and organized. Like, she'd be, like, go to her room, be sleep, and I'd just come in and make my tornado and then, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and go about my business and come back to a whole new day, uh, redo, you know what I'm saying? So, for her, I know that was hell. And, you know what I'm saying? I apologize many times for that, you know what I mean? Because in my young time, but... Yeah, so I, I I definitely understand. I know both sides. I've been both sides of the coin. So I've, like looking back, was that shit a good idea or a bad idea? Um, it was a bad idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was a bad idea because, like, due to that, like I feel like we had times that we should have never had. Like you know, kind of arguments that should have never happened. Yeah. But if we didn't yeah. live together, then we would have never had those type of situations. Yep. Now we be like we be lit when she slide through my pad. We do our shits. You know what I'm saying? And the relationship then, is yeah. much better when yeah. we all live together. <laughs> First roommate situation was um, always been always been more so with females. Anytime like I was living with a dude, it's been like a buddy crashing a modest spot now. But I've never really had an interest in living with dudes. I just dang, mm-hmm. we cool, we can kick it, but we we, we ain't sleeping in the same spot, bro. I don't know, I've just always been weird about that. It's always been with females. And uh, the first situation was actually cool. It was cool, it was casual. There was a third a third person too to live there, which it didn't make it weirder than it was just cool and casual. Yeah. It was over in Hawthorne, cool little neighborhood, hippie area. It was chill. Everybody worked their jobs and it was casual. Surprised it was that casual, but it was good people living there. My first experience was cool, but over time I learned that it's probably always best if I live by myself, even when in relationships, bro. It just I just like that peace of mind, man. I like to isolate when I need to sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, you got to have that tuck away. You got to have that tuck away. Even when I was, I was matter of fact, that same female I was living with, I had a side apartment with my guy that I paid rent at that I never showed up or slept at. But I had an escape route. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, he, had, he had the whole double life flat. <laughs> I mean, I would never ever stand there. It just was like. He had the honeycomb. Hideout. The honeycomb hideout. It just, um, I just like to always kind of have my own shit too, though. So if you, like if someone's in a place and they're established and then you move in, it's gonna always be their shit. That's how, yeah. that's really what I'm trying to say about that. So, like, moving in with a female, even though I'm paying bills, it's still like, it's your shit. You were here, I just came with some stuff. So it's like, y'all, I just always gotta have a backup plan. If it goes sour, because you don't wanna put yourself in a position where someone can say, get out, 
and you ain't Puerto got nowhere to go. That's the worst situation. And that's that mindset. It's just like, yeah, that ain't that ain't a cool situation. Ain't a cool feeling. You never know when that can happen. Somebody could just be sick of you. Just that day, I'm done with this. You know what? There's a bunch of brothers listening to this right now. That's in that situation where if they girl say get out, they ain't got nowhere to go. <laughs> and and that that for me that that would always be like like my worst fear. That's why I, I'm probably the same as you with that. I always I always had to have like my own place. And a lot of times, even in relationships, when I when I moved in with somebody, it was more them moving in with me like like for me my first situation was my, my my oldest baby mom's I was living in an apartment in downtown Vancouver by myself when she got pregnant and so I moved in with her and that was that was my first that was my first time ever even being in a situation where I lived with with anybody who wasn't in my family outside the military and that was a that was what it was. <laughs> in the in cool. That definitely didn't end cool. <laughs> that shit definitely didn't end cool. Cause it was just, you know, we was on two different wavelengths. We was young. We was mostly being together just because we had the kid. And so like that's not a situation that's ever gonna work. Yeah. That's one thing I learned. You can't ever be in a situation where where you're in that because you need each other. It has to be because you want to be together. Yeah. It can't be because you need each other or because there's something else. Like, like the only thing there was the baby. And yeah. it was like, there was no relationship between us. So we tried to develop that after she was pregnant, which is all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because the babies can feel that. It's, that's a tough one, man, because, you know, being a good dad, you want to you be around your child as much as you can. But if it means you in an unhealthy home environment, that's almost as worse as being, you know, as not being there sometimes. Yeah. And I had to find that out the hard way because uh, my most recent living situation, I was living comfortable, man. Three little three bedroom bachelor pad. It was our spot. You've been there before, man. It was it was the bachelor pad of Vancouver, man. <laughs> and I ended up uh, having a baby. So I said, you know, what's a good idea free to move in with me during this pregnancy so at least i know you're safe you're protected you'll have good meals things like that i'm gonna be a stand-up guy we're gonna make this work we don't have to necessarily be together this is gonna really test our compatibility but let's see if we can at least um coexist in the same house that's the test of compatibility right there is yeah. can you coexist in the same house we can't <laughs> the, I mean that that tells you everything too though like whenever like like I don't know if it's if it's broke don't fix it like type shit because you ain't gonna like you ain't gonna fix that broke right there is what I feel yeah if you're like but if it just works it works what does it take to like make a situation like that work especially when you're dealing with a woman I mean for both sides you gotta like step out with yourself in certain situations because we always think selfish like we always like oh this was done to me so the you know me 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 kind of situation in in like in both parties yeah. so like nobody ever comes to a mutual understanding or a mutual yeah. agreement you know what i'm saying because somebody feels offended always you know what i mean so like whenever i feel like you you when you actually come to agreeing that nobody it's like first situation, you see what I'm saying? Then that's when then, you, yeah, you got because it's like you gotta put your ego and your pride aside. When yeah, you're with, when you're dealing with relationship issues, 
the the lead sled dog got to switch. Yeah, in 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 like relationships because women's intuition is real, but you know a man leading the thing is real too. So you got to know. I feel you got to know whenever it's time to lead and then whenever it's time to follow. I feel I I watch like the perfect couples be like that. You see what I'm saying? Okay. And you know what I'm saying that's what you shoot for. You said something there. Intuition, women's intuition is real. That's deep. Hey, we can go kind of deep into that because that—that's that thing right there, bro. I mean, a lot of people's only here because of women's intuition. <laughs> your mom, your mom told you, you know what? You ain't going out tonight. Why? Why? I don't know. You just ain't going out. You're like, bro, you heard about what happened? Oh, damn, bro, you did. I was in the house. Yeah, really you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. All, all that. You know what I mean? Or just. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it takes, like, you got to listen and you got to also. But that's just, like, what you taught in sports and anything to make anything work. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be communication in a, in a team sport. And if the person don't want to play on your team, then that's felt. And then you got to switch teams. Yeah, Because that's, you know what I'm saying? That's felt whenever you, like, hey, look, you know, whatever you stress your disagreements or whatever and somebody's still shitting on your shit, then, you know what I'm saying? That person don't want to be on your team. Does living with someone, whether it's a romantic situation or a friendship, roommate situation, does that change the relationship once you start living together? Does that change how you interact with each other? Does yep, it, it, of course. It changes in, in all ways. Like, you get deeper as friends if y'all relationship is real. You'll find that out. Or y'all don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, y'all don't fuck with each other like that. So y'all really find out that y'all was, you know what I'm saying, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you, you just kind of, it's just like, it speeds up the test of time. You see what I'm saying? Because now the time is every moment now. You know what I'm saying? Well, Instead that used to be my standard. Just in those situations. If, if, if I could live with somebody for a year, then, then you know what I'm saying? That, that was the thing. Obviously, I'm single. Cause I ain't ever made it. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. Because, because that shit is real. That shit is real, bro. Because, Years ago, like, my situations when I live with females would be like, like the always feeling like that they came first in every moment. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. those times, like you'll be like, oh man, I just had a long ass day. I just came in, and they still want you to do whatever it is that they want you to do at that moment, and you're stuck. To, you know what I'm saying? Normally you can like You can't you can, do your yeah. own thing Yeah yeah you No no you know what I mean Like you might just want to like Go to sleep you Yeah want, you know yeah what You want to like, go like, do like, what you, you want to do But they you got to like, do what she needs yeah, you to do Yeah at that moment At that time At that right given No you know what I mean Like Yeah You yeah. like So then you'll be like Oh man you know what I can't It used to be whenever you talk to him on the phone You could just be like I'm about to ignore the call And go to sleep And I'll explain whatever later But when you living with him <laughs> Then it's like they right there in the room with your ass. You can't, you can't ass. make no yeah. excuse. You, go, you yeah. gotta go home. Yeah. No, you know what? I know, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. In the last relationship, the chick I was living with, yeah. you know, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. I used to stay at work late, like like that's when all the laundry would be done at the spa. All the room would be sparkling clean because I, I I would be there all night because I used to try to make sure I didn't come home until after she was sleeping. Like, I didn't even want to be around her like that. So I'll wait until she was asleep and then come home. So then I could do whatever I want to do. I could smoke my blunt. 
just chill for a minute and I go to bed. I ain't got to deal with her shit. I don't know. For me, it took for me to learn. I don't want to be in that situation. Like, like see, I'm, not, I'm only going to put up with that for so long. And, and that's why it ended up being what I mean, but that's what I say. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's why so many relationships is flamed out and dudded because of that shit. Like, because I'm like, oh, the little one are like, bro. I don't do two stay in situations like that for years. Like, hiding yeah. from their wives. I'm not living with you if, like, I can't rock with you daily. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm somebody who enjoys, like, the piece of the crib, so... Yeah, I can't yeah, be with yeah, somebody like, who, I'm, who I don't want to be around. Like, yeah. like, and see, that's something you don't know until you live with it. Yeah, and yeah. It's, so, yeah. so, like, like, like when y'all go out and hang out, y'all cool. Yeah. When y'all go to the movie, when y'all yeah. go in to get drunk, when y'all, when y'all doing stuff, y'all yeah. cool. You get in the pad, you fall out the world. Yeah, but we, when you gotta wake up in the morning with bro, this motherfucker and be sitting in a ball at the wall, yeah. my nigga, if you don't go to sleep, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah, like, bro, for real. <laughs> if you little snore, more, my nigga, you go pull sheets back all night. Like, you learn all like, types of shit. So, like, damn, this bitch put the toothpaste back on the wrong side yeah, of it. Damn it. That shit that you know You've been single for too long And live by yourself for way too long Where you don't like little shit like that Like When you get older And you live by yourself And you're single You start to develop them little habits That I think make it harder for you to cohabitate Cause like Okay I would have been down for roommates 15 years ago <laughs> Now, I, I wouldn't even probably entertain the idea of having a roommate. And I probably wouldn't live with a chick unless I was considering marrying her. Damn. <laughs> I was just thinking in my head. The, the, the only roommate I'm selling for the rest of my life is fiance. That's it. Yeah. Other than that, everything else. Yeah. No? Yeah, I'm at unless that a family state, member man. need her something temporarily or something. But yeah, you, to move and live in and push this for you, it had to be we uh -oh, getting married. Yeah, yeah. And, that'd be, and that's the right decision. I mean, Because I mean, for, for me, I'm at that point where... where I'm so used to just living by myself and I'm so set in my ways and my habits that we got to really be that cool for me to even want to compromise any part of what I do to blend in with you because no matter what cohabitation yeah. requires a level of compromise <laughs> even if you have the perfect relationship you're still going to have to compromise something somewhere in there somewhere in there you're compromising something if you was talking to like like a younger person, like a younger homie who's getting ready to move in with his girl or something like that, what would you tell him? I'm about to find out if you, if you really like this girl make, or not, bro. Make sure, make sure your name's on the lease, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good advice, good advice. Man, I just tell him, man, you about to find out if you really like this girl or not, bro, right now. <laughs> right now, because you're going you're gonna to roll over to the no-makeup face. You go, you go, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gonna see her? You not seeing her in her club clothes all the time? You gotta think she fly in pajama pants and a bun. In a bun. With no makeup. No makeup. No makeup. You gotta think that she cool and you can talk to her. So what would you tell your daughter if she going to move in with the first dude that she that that she. Your daughter's this, twenty something years old. I mean, my, my, my advice, my advice is equal is equal rights. Like <laughs> you gonna find out, you know what I'm saying? Okay, you gonna find out? You gonna find out? You know what I'm saying? You gonna see the dumb shit? Yeah, you gonna see all the. You gonna find out how dumb this dude really is? Yeah, you gonna see all the all the all the 
shits. You know what I'm saying? You're going to really be in the shits now. So <laughs> you better make, like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, good luck. Definitely. Yeah, you're going to find out if you really like this person. Because living with them is different than the pop-ups. You know what yeah, I'm saying? The yeah. pop-ups is, like I said, at the best moments. Oh, shit, hold on, let me go jump in the shower and da 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 But how often does this person shower? I, I know a lot of cleaning? younger girls who are just getting into relationships and living with dudes, and, and that, that, that's the type of shit that they, that they don't realize is, okay, yeah, every time you saw this nigga before, he took a shower. He was fresh. <laughs> he was fresh. Is this nigga, is this nigga a dirty bird? Now! Like, did you keep your shit clean? Like, you know what I'm saying? How often is, like, like, are you the one picking up the dishes behind the person? Like, all types of shit. Are you the one providing the meals all the time? Like, it's a lot of shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah! That you get to find out, like, bro... Did you just fucking burn baloney? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like all types of shit. You like, hey. Male or female, both sides, you can end up with a roommate who ain't working and you paying all the bills. On to the current events. We gonna talk about Lil Wayne's dumbass. Lil Wayne. Nah, Weezy F, baby, bro. Yeah, yeah. Wayne, earlier this month, the 38-year-old rapper pled guilty to illegally possessing a firearm after federal agents discovered a loaded 45 caliber handgun during a search of his private plane while traveling from L.A. to Miami. And this is the day before Christmas Eve. His lawyer originally requested expedited sentencing which was slated for January 28th but Wayne will have to wait a little longer because US District Judge Kathleen Williams gave Wayne a new sentencing date of March 4th now we all know Wayne done time so he's a convicted felon and he wasn't supposed to have a weapon at all but for some dumbass reason he admitted to owning the gold-plated pistol which was found in his luggage along with bullets, cocaine, ecstasy, heroin, cough syrup, and $25,000 in cash. There is no reason for somebody a little way stature to be riding that dirty at any point in time, ever. I'm just going to say that right there, okay? The crime carries a sentence of up to 10 years in federal prison, but he will likely receive a lighter sentence in exchange for the guilty plea. Sentencing guidelines range from one year to two years if he accepts responsibility. People in his status, and just in general, this is how I feel, and I'm probably going to get hated on a little bit for this, but I just personally feel like Somebody of his status that gets themselves into a situation like that deserves a worse punishment than what a regular person would get. Because there's no reason for you to be in that situation. You have a gun. You got that much drugs on you. None of that is necessary. Plus, you have an entourage with you where you you shouldn't have to own responsibility. Somebody else could take that. But you're going to eat this charge for what? For street cred? Because literally there's no reason that he should be in this situation. Like, for me, if I was the judge, I would max him out to everything he could possibly get. Damn, you 
call a judge. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck that. I mean, that's what you be looking at in the court sometimes. I'll yeah. Be, I'll be looking at it like, hey, whenever you got that type of money, shit like that ain't the regular type of crime to you, so you don't really think, like, you, yo, mental is different. You know what I'm saying? Like, for us, like, nigga, that's, like, real time. For him, that's two years, bro. Two years, just in case, like, with all the shit that's going on with artists, I might take that two years. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll be running around with it, too, because, like, in essence, like, but for a normal person, you know what I'm saying? It's not two years, bro. It's not two years. It, 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 it don't, to me, honestly, it don't even matter what the fucking time is. But Dude. You, gotta look at, you gotta look at how what's going on right now with just like rappers in general though. Like if you still trying to be on this scene, mm-hmm. yeah, you better have a pistol. Like you better be like, you know what I'm saying? That's no, I'm that's at. for that's for if you a local Portland rapper doing a music fest. That is not for if you a Grammy award winning top artist like Lil Wayne. One, he has the means and the money to have any level of security he wants. If he wanted to, he could roll like the president. I'm not saying he should do that. Yeah, but no, I got you. He has the ability to, if he wanted to just to just be like, but if nobody you, could get near me, but, he could set that up. But if you just want to be a normal brother and just walk around the streets by yourself and you only got to do two years for it, I don't see, like, if you ain't, like, tripping over doing your two years, then, like, I don't see why not. Then if you a felon, get a bodyguard to legally carry like it's that simple. Like, come on, man. Yeah, work smarter, not harder. True. True. <laughs> I mean, don't nobody want to go to jail. It don't True. matter for how much time it is. Exactly. Nobody want to go to jail. Two years, two days. Ain't nobody trying to get locked but up. How he always be the cat that's like facing random searches and getting caught up with these pistols though. Like, was they knowing when you carrying, bro? Who is like? Probably, but. Just think, know. even still, he get caught up because he's stupid. Like, like, why do you just have that on the plane? Why is that? Why is that just sitting on your plane? Why is that on your on your on your private plane that you know is subject to search before you take off? Because it's not like it's a secret that is subject to search. He know that it could get searched, True. but he left it on there. When they said, "Whose is this?" he said, "It's mine." Okay. There's a lot of things wrong with that. You telling me, how many things can you find wrong with that? Yeah, there's a lot of things. A lot of things, a lot of things. We ain't gonna go through the list because it's at least like three as you think about it. Like, I go through at least one. Here yeah. we go. Why was it even there? Two. Why was it two. even there? <laughs> okay, two. You ain't got nobody that's else riding with you to be like, okay. I'm gonna take this, this charge mine. This is mine. I mean, but at this point, why does it even have to be a charge for anybody, nigga? You got, like, that type of money, like, there should be guns around you at all times. You have a gun where you at, already waiting for you yeah. when you land. You don't need a gun while you in the air on your private plane. <laughs> I mean, there should be guns around you at all times anyway. Exactly. Like, like, there should be a lot of people around you that's ready to shoot, so you shouldn't have to just just carry yours. Somebody should be able to carry yours, too, and then, you hey, give me one on the back. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Type shit. Especially if you know you a felon, you know that it's a charge if you even have it on you. It's just a matter of like, like, come on, Wayne, we know you're not a gangster. That's the shit I can't condone. Is this, is this, you want to ride, you, you want to have the guns and the drugs on you. Like, like, there's no reason for you to have that on you. You're fronting. You've been famous since you was 14. You're not living this kind of life, dog. 
do shit the right way. <laughs> Lil Wayne was a teenager when Juvenile and the Hot Boys and all that shit came out. He's been famous since then. So, you know what I'm saying? He's, you, you can't, you can't, he's not like a dude like you that been in the streets since you was a teenager or a dude like me that been on the block since I was a teenager. You know what I'm saying? He's not a real, he's not a real nigga and not, not a real hardcore gangbanger on any level. And I would say for me in hip hop in general, I don't like that shit. Like that shit, that shit is starting to annoy me because we seeing a lot of that and that's what's causing the problems. That's what's. That's what that's where what you get when you have the six nines. It's fake gangbangers. All of a sudden Chris Brown is a blood. Like 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 this is crazy. Chris Brown was a singer when he was when he was like 14, 15 years old. Okay? Now all of a sudden he's he's a blood gangbanging hey, ass nigga. Cal- like, hey, but yeah, but California will turn you out, bro. You go and take your ass to LA, your ass is gonna follow the rules. Nigga. You should have learned from Tupac. Hey, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I feel like that's the only way they maneuvering around. So they like at cert- at some point you're gonna have some like you don't have to be in it, but you're gonna have some type of affiliation to be moving around LA, bro. Somebody, somebody that you know that somebody that you know, they gonna call. And then when you when you play that game, it's like you almost might as well join the gang at that point because they gonna spray it too, just like they gonna spray it. Yeah. Once you have that affiliation tag on you anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that nigga be with him type shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Type once so, you, you know, once yeah. you pick up that rag, you down with you down with the crew. But these are people who have the means to not even have to be involved in that. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. can insulate themselves to a level yeah. where yeah, yeah, I got you. They're not gonna have to worry about that. Yeah, they don't have to even be in LA if they don't want to be. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so to me, for these dudes to involve themselves in that shit, it's 100% willful and voluntary. That's why I don't feel bad when these dudes get killed, when these dudes catch charges like this, because you put yourself out there playing this game that you didn't even have to play. You know what I'm saying? For dudes. Like me that was raised in it, that's disrespectful. I wish I could have never, ever been in the streets. You know what I'm saying? I wish I could have never, ever sold drugs, never, ever had to bang, none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? And these niggas get rich and want to do it? Like, that's that don't even make sense to me. Like, that boggles my fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. well, when you put it that way. Yeah. Like, just think, if you had a choice, would you? I mean, yeah, because the... The whole reason for the hustle and anything that a nigga, I hope that a nigga goes through is to get the bag right so you can not have to do that shit. <laughs> that's what I'm like. saying. So I guess if you still doing it and you rich, that's kind of like, yeah, like I like I like like cats like Rick Ross, Jay Z, like in a music far as like through their music show the growth too. You know what I'm saying? Like Yes, they who, went from like, talking street shit to entrepreneurship. Yeah, like Jay Z went from I'll kill everybody in this van yeah. to I'm buying stocks and bonds. Like Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, to show the growth to show like cats that's not like the only way. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But a lot of cats be feeling that's the only way, bro. When they start trying to live like that, they start trying to fake this image, this persona that they want to put on for people, all it leads to is trouble. They're going to go to jail or they're going to get killed. You want to be a gangster? You're going to get done like a gangster. Gangsters don't. That's why every gangster I know, every real gangster I ever met was trying to get out of being a gangster. That, Like you said, that's the meaning of the grind is they grinding to not do this. So y'all are literally hustling backwards. 
And I just can't get behind that. So, Lil Wayne, I mean, do what you do, my nigga. Feel how you're going to feel. Get the moment you want to get. If you want to go to jail and feel like a tough guy, do that. But there's better ways. You know how, like, back in the day, they had the Tide Pod Challenge? Mm -hmm. And then they had, what was it, the, the WhatsApp Challenge? And the boiling water where them dumb motherfuckers was pouring boiling water? Like, okay, well now, now there's a new challenge. You motherfuckers will never guess what this new challenge is. And just so everybody knows, Amanda's hanging out with us. <laughs> well now, there is the tampon challenge. No. Yes. The tampon challenge involves feminine hygiene products. Ew. Apparently, teenagers are collecting menstrual tampons Ew. in pads and boiling them, allowing the mixture to cool, and then drinking the resulting liquid. Ew. Exactly how does Ew. this get them high? Well, the chlorine used to sanitize the menstrual products is what gets them tipsy, giving them hallucinations and making them feel like they are flying. So and in case you're questioning this, police in Indonesia have actually arrested several teenagers who have confessed to using them all between the ages of 13 and 16. A 14-year-old even admitted to the police that his friends drink the menstrual moonshine morning, oh. afternoon, and evening. I'm just saying. So we got kids drinking boiled tampons. Ew, so bro. to clarify, these are Ew. used tampons? These are used tampons Ew, that they boil them and then they cool it down so that it's... And, and then they drink no. this shit. This that's okay. some wild shit. Like, Bro. first of all, first there's so many questions. Mm. First of all, what would make who was the first person to do this? Who was the first person to who be like, first brave be like, yo, I'm gonna ball me, I'm gonna see what happens if I ball this tampon and, and then drink, drink it. it and drink and that shit. Drink like, it. like, who took that step? Like, that don't even seem like a logical place to go to. But. That brave soul convinced others to go. Like who? Else? Like this is going viral. Yeah, apparently, like, this is just, this is what like, yo, oh, okay. The 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 Where the tampon you? challenge right now has twenty eight thousand people following it. So I'm not sure if that means twenty eight thousand people have done it, but twenty eight thousand people have like shared this. So. Kids are doing this, apparently. Like, that's some disgusting shit. Like, where are their parents? And who's uh, where are they getting these where tampons? Where are they getting these tampons? Uh, that's uh, what I want to know. Oh, fucking, oh. <laughs> like, everything, everything about it is just disgusting, so bro. Gross. Like, uh, like, what is that conversation? Hey, baby. Let's get your tampon. When you get on your period, let's, 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 let me get that. Let me get that. Like, what we the fuck? We don't get fucked up. <laughs> Uh, we go, we go, boil this. <laughs> it's some water. Yo, These are teenagers. Like that's their moms. 
For sure. Ew. That's the mom's Oh no. Oh no. Uh, That's a whole nother level of something wrong with your life. Yeah. Like, like you okay? If you if, if, if bro, if, if you're a 14 year old I'm kid glad we already and ate. you want to even have anything to do with your mother's menstrual products, I'm man, glad we already you got you need a whole nother kind of therapy right <laughs> other than the getting high. That, but like at this point is getting a high ever worth it that bad like <laughs> no, no. you know what I'm saying at that point bro no. if I gotta stoop this low bro I don't wanna go I don't wanna ride anymore like no guys like, sorry fine <sighs> authorities are trying to investigate which pads cause the intoxication oh my gosh now they gotta because, go they cause, cause they have to identify yeah so they gotta yeah. identify the chemical the specific chemical it that's sure causing the hallucination it. It stop, make sure they stop using it they're just gonna it. be locked up like the Tide Pods were yeah oh, oh my well, gosh okay, we're like from like who's at this point I can't believe that this is starting with a kid no more kids is not this advanced <laughs> to know that these type advanced of well did you just use advanced to describe people drinking fucking tampons no i'm saying how they keep finding different ways to get themselves high and die bro like what the fuck so like, you saying some okay some scientist threw that to some 16 year old he was like i'm around with this all you gotta do is boil like, hey, you know water, you boiled the tampons and some water, water. Like, said you'd hallucinate for days and some little kid was like really really he went home and tried that shit and it went viral <laughs> he was like brossy mickey mouse and all, <laughs> whatever happened like, what it's gonna fuck? take for some people to die from this shit Man, like, ew, like, it's hallucinating that serious, bro. Like, I mean, it was not that hard as a teenager to find normal ways to get fucked up. Like, yeah, why do you gotta do that? Well, and you know, that part. the FDA classified the super absorbent polymers mm-hmm. in tampons as non toxic, mm-hmm. not because they are non toxic, mm-hmm. but. Because of because consumption. Nobody's going to consume it. Exactly. They never tested them for consumption because they never thought they needed to in the first place. Exactly. So, it's not non-toxic because it's non-toxic. It's non-toxic because they never thought anybody would be dumb enough to consume this shit. So nobody's going to Let alone already <laughs> used and everything. Like, gosh, damn, bro. Like... They just thinking of new ways to be just as disgusting as possible, bro. Like, what is going on, so, man? The name of the game is just degrade yourself to the lowest possible. But just think, just think how, as a society, we have to react to stupidity because now, because these kids are doing this stupid, they're gonna shit, be a shortage on tampons. Well, the FDA, has to now, <laughs> the FDA has to now test tampons for what happens if you eat them. No. <laughs> So, what happens if you consume them? So who's the brave soul that they the train this on? Is they just like having a random test? They, they got to test to find out what specific okay, chemical so they cause causing hallucinations. So they like, like oh. now they have to do a lot of extra testing on some tampons that shouldn't necessarily be done. If you believe that someone, one of your teenagers, has drinking tampons and they get sick, what you need to do is immediately induce vomiting and seek medical attention. Ew. I should have never had to say that. <laughs> Ew. I feel like the whole world is dumber because I was forced to say that. I feel like mm. maybe you did. Like, <laughs> like, this might be where we let natural selection take over. Man. That, that, that is, that is take perfect. Take some of those people out. That is, that is, man. Oh, man. All right. Dude. Kids, 
Smarten up. We don't need to be drinking tampons. All right. Oh. <laughs> Ew. Ew. I mean, I, I drink a lot of whiskeys, but that maker, he, he's a savage drink, bro. I mean, he's a savage. I mean, that's how I'm living, though. It's just, it's just, it's just how I get down. I dig it. But, um, it's been a good show. It's been Definitely. an interesting day. Definitely. I'm Alicia looking at your cake, bro. I'm look, like, no, I got, I got, I got the extra slice. Yo, I got keys dropped. I got, I got Alicia. I got we Alicia talked about slice. the mac and cheese. We didn't slice. talk about the cake. We, we didn't even get a picture of the cake. I know. I, I, I had to keep that on the hush. No, but, hell no. But, but, but it's lit. Q is eyeballing my it's cake. Fire, so. I look, I already ate my half, but I'm about to eat Alicia's uh, <laughs> half. Alicia don't have she no here. half. She ain't here. It didn't count. But I did look, look. But we, but Keith did bring her. You know. He thought she would be here enough, but it's never gonna make it to you. Sorry Why for you, you never making that? it to the like, show. You one of them little kids that would tell on yourself. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I wanted her. To... No, I wanted her to know how I felt about her missing the show. You know what I'm saying? You want her I to know her that know. we ate her shit? Yeah, like we ate your pie. Yeah, like yo, peace, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm with that. I'm and with we tell sparks that. and everything. I was like, well, she picked the wrong day. Yep, no, yep, yep. you picked the wrong day. You picked the wrong day to go MIA. But we didn't have Alicia with us. We had Amanda for the last part, and we had Keys through the rest of the show. Another good day, another good time. Episode number eight. It's the Bando, and we out. Trap, trap, trap. <laughs>